Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Zeal Talk. I'm back here with my pretty much co-host, Cito Culver. will be on here for the next couple of weeks, you know, next eight to ten episodes. But um, we're going to dive in today just about a topic that we talk about a lot and um, something that I see all the time with social media, um, with hitters, and um, kind of like with coaches developing more of showcase swings versus like swings to performing game. This is something specifically like a year ago I, I really harped on. And I feel like in, you know, the age of technology, whether it's Rap Soto, Track Man, Hit Tracks, like so many kids will just sell out for exit velo at all costs or whatever it is just to like put up a number and not realize like that, that by itself might actually hurt their chances of performing in a game. And they think that if they just put up a number, then, you know, that's, that's going to help them be successful. Um, and I'm really passionate about this, but I, I, like I said, I want to hear your side of it and if, um, obviously like you train guys in the off season, like if you think that there's good to that or is it, is it black and white? Is it gray area? Like what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, I mean, a bunch of gray area in hitting, right? I don't think there's like, I heard people saying like there's absolutes in hitting. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure about it. I don't know how I feel about that just yet, but as far as like rap sodos and things of that nature and swinging for numbers, I mean, I think it could be more detrimental yeah. to younger hitters yeah. um, than it is older hitters. Uh, if, you, if you're working with college pro guys, they usually have somewhat of an idea of what they're doing. High-level athletes understanding that numbers aren't everything and yeah. feels are just as important, if not more important. Um, I don't think I would put young hitters on it. Yeah. Um, if it if I do, it would be more so to like something fun. Yeah. Right. Keep it fun. Keep it loose. Like, let's see what our last three weeks turns into on that. Yeah. I don't want you shooting for numbers, though. I want you to take the swings we've been working on. Yep. And see if it plays better or worse. Yeah. And go back to the drawing board. But never as a, to me, never as a tool to teach like, oh, you're at 89 let's see if we can get you over 92 yeah exit be like i mean i don't know how much that's gonna help i think it's gonna promote like bad stuff in swings because kids don't understand the difference between like taking a clean swing and muscling up to get a number exactly and that's i always say like with the rap soto and again i'm not anti-technology i use it right. all the time almost yeah. every day you know now that i got one especially here but where i used to work we use rap soto all the time and I always said, like, I wish the you could, like, edit specifically, like, what couple things you could look at. And you can edit on it, like, specific things you want to look at. But I wish I could just look at, like, spin rate and, like, I guess average exit below. Because, right. like, if, I, if we're consistently backspinning the ball, we got good spin, you know, and we're consistently hitting it hard. That, oh, that's probably that the most, like, to me, like... All I want to do is like barrel and spin the ball the right way. Yeah. Right. But like to me, barrel first, like you have to be on the barrel. Yep. Regardless of spin. And then like spin second. Like yep. Those two to me, I think are so important because if you're hitting ball on a barrel, I don't, I don't care. Like you're going to get hits. Yeah. It's, eventually you're going to get hits. You might, you're going to make outs too, but you're going to, if you hit your, the best players hit their barrel more often. Yep. Right, they put themselves in good positions to hit the barrel more often. You hit the barrel more often, you get more hits, and then like the spin stuff is like 
I don't want stuff hooking yep. or slicing. I want backspin to all parts of the field. Yeah, and I feel like technology should be what it should be. It's a tool. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we just worked on something, you know, and maybe I don't use it every day. Maybe, it, like, I love tracking progress on it. I think it, one, helps the athlete, like, be positive, know that what they're doing is in the right areas because we are hitting the ball harder consistently. We are backspinning the ball consistently, which probably means we're hitting the barrel more consistently, like you said. How I would use Rap Soto, and we used it the other day, yeah. and I kept asking you, like, what does it say, like, my averages hitting wise because like I want to train to get hits yeah you know what I mean like obviously I want to train to hit the ball hard and things of that nature so like but what more what was more important to me on the rap soto outside of exit velo and launch angle and things that are highly talked about now it's yeah. like how many hits did I get yeah because that's the name of the game yeah you gotta get hits like results matter you gotta get hits so for me if I'm in the cage working and this machine's throwing similar pitches every time, I should be able to get a lot of hits. Yeah. And a good swing produces a lot of hits. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. And I think that like if like it's social media is like the coolest thing in the world, especially like for recruiting. Like I always tell a lot of the guys I train, like, put your stuff on social media. There's great apps like Flat Ground Hitting, Flat Ground You can post it and it will get reposted. You can get reached out to by a bunch of coaches. But like if I'm recruiting and I see a kid that's like just hit a PR ninety three and it hits the rap soda on the ground, or like it's a shot right at the third baseman. That doesn't make me go like, oh. Well, I mean, yeah, well, that kid. You can think about like some of the like hardest balls hit in the big leagues are ground balls. Yeah, like when Stan hits those one twenty ones, they're yeah. not like always like back spun homers to center, right? Exactly. Like, the pull side, low launch angle ground balls. Like he did one hundred twenty one, yeah. but it could be an out. So does it matter? Yeah, I don't think it matters. It doesn't. Like, that's where I'm like, for me, like, my, I feel like my job is to put hitters in the best position to succeed in game. Yeah. No shade to Stanton, by the way. No. no <laughs> um, but, like, we're putting, I'm trying to put hitters in the best position to succeed. And it's like, would I rather be able to post that my kid hit a 99 off of pitching machine front toss BP or that, like, my kid just committed to a, to a good um committed to a good school or even like went four for four in a game or like was successful in game and like stats like hit 350 it's 600 in high school whatever it is right like i'd rather be like i think a lot of kids are like well i, I don't get it i'm hitting 99 like i can't hit in the game well i'll give you i'll give you an example of of something i seen when i was uh with the yankees and we went to fort myers in spring training when Mookie Betts was on the Red Sox still. Yeah. And he's hitting in a group. Uh, this was when they had Hanley, Ooh. David Ortiz, yeah. um, him, Pablo Sandoval. They're all in a group, right? These are some guys that hit the ball hard, hit the ball far. Yeah. And I'm, I go out, I get dressed really fast because I want to watch BP, you know, and I'm still kind of a fan of the game, even while being in the game. So I want to go out and watch BP these yeah. These guys are future Hall of Famers. I want to go see what's going on. And I'm watching Mookie Betts take his rounds, and he's hitting ground balls to second base. Just ground balls to second base, not swinging hard, yeah, not anything for for like four rounds, yeah, just ground balls to second base. And I'm not I'm not here to say that like you need to go out and try to hit ground balls to second base. No. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is 
he didn't care about how hard he was hitting it. He didn't care about where the ball was going. Yep. He was focused on something, and I don't know what I didn't ask him, so I don't know what he was focusing on. Yeah. But he was focused on something, and you can tell he was intentional in his work with trying to hit these ground balls to second. And the first step bat, he hits a homer to center. Exactly. In the game. Because he found what was right for him to lock it in. 100%. But that's what I'm saying is like, it would look like shit on a rap soda. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Ground balls a second. What are we doing? What are we doing? Ground balls a second. Yeah. But like, if that's what locks him in, Exactly. And that's what locks him in. And the whole purpose of the offseason, like cage work, even if you're in the season, cage work is like, let's lock my swing in. Like, I always tell guys, like, be boring MVP. No one gets paid. No one gets awarded. No one gets anything like playing time for like hitting bombs in BP. Maybe in college, like, you get playing time if you're like going on a show in BP, like, hey, let's give him some at bats. But it's like, you, but you don't want to be a three o'clock hitter. No. Like, you get paid to perform a game. Yeah. So, like, use the cage work. Especially in the off season, like if you're not focusing on like being boring in the cage, like that should be your goal. Like if you should be able to just backspin balls where you want, middle of the field, like all day. So when you get in the season, it's like, okay, now I can just go in and compete because I know my swing's in a good place. And then if you're a little early, you can pull some balls a little late, get the ball out the like let the ball go where it goes. But you need something to lock in your swing, and it might be like you said, it might be different for people. I I know Freddie Freeman. I've seen him hit BP, but like also like he talks about like he just tries to hit a line drive over the shortstop set like every swing. Yeah. And he's so boring. It's like, does he hit a line drive over the shortstop set every swing? No. No, he's just arguably been one of the best straight hitters the last yeah. five years. Six and that's what and that's what gets him locked in. That might not what get you that might not what gets me locked in. Yeah. I might have to think something else, you know? Yeah. I mean, for there's plenty of store like there's plenty of like stories out there that have shown you that like people's work are different. Yeah. And whatever they need to do to feel good at seven o'clock, yeah, compared to feeling good at three, because who cares, right? Yeah. So, the year Harper hit forty homers, I'm pretty sure that he didn't take BP on the field. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that too, because like Trout has even said, like when he's feeling off, he just stopped taking on field BP because he tries to do too much. It's like a driving range in golf. Like he tries to rush the ball so bad that he falls into bad habits. So it's like if pro guys know that swinging onto my shoes or like trying just to put up a number, hit bombs and BP, like doesn't help them then like why are you necessarily training for that so like, and my my best stretches during my past season which is arguably one of my best offensive seasons i've ever had in my career yeah i there, my best stretch during the season was june and july and i don't know if i hit bp on the field more than five times yeah like and i was i was in a situation where i needed i limited myself to 12 swings in the cage yeah felt good for those 12 swings to get to the game yeah and saw success so like it's there's no like right or wrong way to do it whatever feels good to you and helps you feel your best for seven o'clock yeah it's so much more important than trying to hit a ball 100 miles per hour or trying to like these do these things help sure yeah but the most the most clips i see on social media are guys swinging out of their shoes trying to get these prs and screaming and doing all this stuff <laughs> and i'm just like Pros don't move that fast. Yeah. Like, I've never seen, like, an out-of-control swing on a home run. Have you? I've never. I really know. <laughs> I've seen more out-of-control swings out of people that are trying to hit the ball super hard in a cage. Oh, that my gosh. You don't, take the, you don't take those swings in the game. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, going to more of, like, the younger age, whether it's high school, college, like, guys that I see, like, with these things, it's, like, 
I don't like I, I don't even have the time I want to even show guys what they're hitting. And and I've seen it before all the time where a guy's like, hey, I feel like, you know, yesterday I was really rushed. I was kind of like going to get the ball. Like I want to feel more slow and smoothly, like just catch the ball. And then it's like they see that rap soda in front of them and then they're like, my swing still feels off. And I'm like, well, you're jumping forward even more and ripping across because you're trying to put up a number. Well, even for, even for me when yesterday was the first time I hit off of it and I had to step out and be like, that's not the important thing. Exactly. The important thing is how do I feel in my load, in my getting to launch? How do I feel with my swing? Yeah. Am I hitting the ball flush? Am I creating backspin? Yeah. That's the most important thing because if you do that over and over and over and over again, yeah, your numbers will be where they are. Yeah, and then when we at the end of your session, when this, especially the second session where we kind of lock back in, we look at one, all your balls were left center, right center gap, just sprayed the middle of the field. Spin was consistent, like consistently backspinning the ball, and like sometimes it's a little wacky, but like your average was like seven hundred. Like you're yeah. getting hits, yes, because you're barreling the ball. So like that should be the focus. And and again, like. On the other side, I think it does help a lot of people too, like with guys, and especially with progress. Like for me, at least, I know people are different. Um, I don't count a PR for a kid unless it's like a backspun ball. Like yeah. if they topspin it or hook it, I'm just like, that doesn't count for you. No. Because like that's not going to help. Well, it shouldn't. Yeah. So it like shouldn't. for me, at least. Like, unless you're hitting the ball 120. Yeah. It doesn't matter because infielders are good. Yeah. Especially the higher you get. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you hit a ground ball, you're out. Yeah. Unless you're God gifted to hit a ball 120, and if it's not, and even that, if it's right at someone, they're gonna they usually catch the ball. Yeah, not, you can't hit the ball hard enough for there's you can't hit the ball hard enough for an infielder to be like, I'm scared. Let me get out the way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I just I don't think I think there's benefits to the rap soda, the track band stuff. Um, I don't think there's a ton of benefits with the young kids. I think that they should try to as much as possible to learn their swing and learn how to control their body and learn how to move first. Yeah. Like, mm. and, and not especially younger kids. Like I don't train a ton of younger, younger kids, but it's like, why does it matter getting you on a rap soto? If you haven't hit puberty yet, you're still a string bean. Yeah. Like you still don't even know how to control your body. Like it doesn't even matter. You can physically tell and I can tell your dad can tell you like that you're hitting the ball harder when we work on stuff. I, hear it all the time because i've never hit the ball that hard yeah do you need a legit number next like to see that no. you're hitting the ball i would especially at a young age only like i said the only way i would really use stuff like that is for the to create a fun competitive exactly yep environment with kids yeah i've had younger groups where like we'll turn it on and put it just on like you can either do game mode or just like the field view and be like all right we're gonna do groups of two like you're on a team we'll play till three outs and switch like yeah have some fun with that like I don't need to be like check every swing like, but that's like competing, right? Like I want I like because that's another thing that I think gets left out is like the competitive part of this. Like you have to compete, yeah. And even in your work, to a certain extent, like there has to be competition in the off season. You know what I mean? Like I want to hit with other guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to like measure myself up or compare, but just to like you have to work on competing. Yeah, you have and, to learn how to compete, and that's why I always push um, like group training. I love doing group training because one, whether you're really focused on it or not, like you will compete with the guy next to you. Like yeah. if he's having a crazy round, and you're missing it. You're gonna want to like, and that's how pros. That's how pros work. Yeah, those work in groups. Yeah, so it's not like 
I mean, obviously you'll have guys that want to have their individual time in cages yeah. on season, but spring training and things of this nature, there's not a ton of one v one stuff going on. Unless like you are you like are asking for it or they think you need to work on something where they need to pull you aside and do stuff with you individually. Yeah, but because like the most part, you're with a group of guys yeah. that kind of compare to you in similar stature, similar stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like you can there's like the athlete to athlete interaction where like you can learn from each other like yeah hey i'm seeing this like you like or like even hey this feel helped me try that but then there's also like i could say something to you and the other three guys that are in this session might be feeling the same thing and they don't want to say it and me saying it to you might help them so yeah, yeah it goes both ways so like that's where it's like we talked before uh, off camera about getting someone who's similar like on a team there's going to be someone similar to you yeah Right, and they might not be exactly the same. They're gonna be someone that's similar to you, gets pitched similar to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, I think that there there should be uh, one guy that you gravitate to, and you guys talk about hitting together. He knows your cues, you know his cues. Yeah. You can help each other stay on track. Yeah. Because it's it's hard when you play in, especially when you get up higher levels and you're playing a hundred games, hundred and forty games, hundred and sixty games. Like mm -hmm. it's hard to stay on track. Yeah, really, really hard. If you have, and then you have a hitting coach who's responsible for all the offensive players. Yeah, not just you. So as much as he would want to solely focus on you, he has a job to do. Exactly. And you have a job to do as far as keeping yourself locked in. But if you can have another set of another set of eyes, never hurts. Yep, never. So if you can have a teammate that's going through it with you, yeah. and you can be like, oh, remember when you told me. You didn't want your hands to be down here. They're kind of getting low. Yeah. And then you lock back in. Exactly. So you need, I think you need that. And that's part of being like a good teammate, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I guess it's like we kind of been talking about with like technology and stuff in the same way as a teammate. I think it is a cool way to like lock you back in also because at least I, so again, talking more like high school, college guys, pro guys, but like it's good feedback too if they're like trying something new. And I can refer back to like, hey, last week when we were focusing on this, like your average exit velo was up, your spin was consistent, like you were hitting the ball in the middle of the field. Like that's where we're at. And like what we're trying right now, like some athletes would be like, hey, I want to try to feel this. And it's like, okay, let's look at it. You're hooking side, spinning a lot of balls. Like you're not hitting the ball as hard. Like that's where it's like, that's a great tool to bring you back. But like, and I think that higher level athletes know how to use the technology and use stuff like that as feedback, as a tool. Like, it should be a tool just as much as I'm a tool. Just as much as I say, like, hey, I'm noticing your hands are dropping. We are focusing on keeping, like, keep them high, keep thinking, turn me, whatever it is. It's the same thing. Like, it should all, but if if the technology is, like, the end-all, be-all, like, I put up this number, so I'm good. And it's, like, nothing's like that. You can't take, just because you hit the ball hard in the cage, alpha machine, where everything is, like, this is a control environment. Yeah, right? You're hitting off a machine, whether the machine's throwing hard or not, it's throwing that same ball yeah. all the time. So at the end of the day, like you can take <coughs> excuse me, you can take big G hacks off a machine yeah. and out of ten pitches, hit two of them on your barrel, hit two of them good. Yeah. But is that like and then you can clip those two? Yeah. And they look sweet. Yeah. Right? But if you're missing eight out of the ten, 
or clipping air at 10 because yeah. you're swinging out of your shoes. Yeah. How does that translate into the game? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, look, I hit up a PR. I hit a PR of 92. Your average exit velocity is 71 because you're like fouling balls back. Yeah. And over, like, who cares? You can hit a ball. But the thing is, like, the exit velocity stuff, like, I understand why it matters. I understand the harder you hit the ball, the better chance you get, you have to get it. Yeah. You know, like, people can't get to balls if they're hit harder, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, like, you can hit the ball hard and get out. Yeah. That's why I feel like every, like, data is, is good, but, like, people can also interpret data completely different. Like, if if having all this information was, like, the end-all, be-all, every organization, I feel like, would be so much better at hitting throughout the league, if we're talking about MLB here. There's a reason why different, the Yankees' analytics is different than the Dodgers' analytics. Yes. The Dodgers' analytics is probably a little different than the Rays or the Astros. Like, these teams, so it's like, People are clearly interpreting data differently. Yep. So it clearly isn't the end well, of the day. The Yankees wouldn't be revamping their whole analytics if people didn't look at it differently. Yeah. And you know what I mean? data is like, in my opinion, if we want to talk about... You can manipulate numbers. Yeah, but if we want to talk about old school versus new school in terms of like a performance managing a team, let's talk about like from an organizational standpoint. This is my opinion, but like data... And like making decisions based on analytics, whether it's like Exavilo or like making roster decisions based on a guy's Exavilo yeah. percentage, all this stuff, whatever they they collect, all this different stuff. I don't even know all about it, but me saying like I want this player to my team or this guy's going to hit today because of this number, that's the same. There's the same percentage of it working as me being like that guy had a good round of BP, like he's feeling himself. I'm going to put him in the lineup today. So like the old school feel versus new school numbers. Yeah. They're, to me, at least, it's just as subjective. Like, you could easily say, I'm going to go, the numbers say this, so I'm going to have this guy play today. And it's the same, at least, I think, like, it's the same idea same as, like, hey, this guy's feeling good today, MVP. Like, he's feeling himself. He's getting the lineup. Well, this is the problem with numbers is you start looking at humans like they're numbers. Yeah. Right? If you dive too deep into numbers, you start looking at human beings as numbers where there might be a guy who feels more confident when he's at the top of the lineup. Yeah. And because he feels more confident, he hits better. Yeah. And that same guy might not be as good of a hitter in the 7-8 spot because maybe he's the type of guy that needs that validation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's diff- humans are hu- human. Like, people feel and, and, and act and do certain things like that numbers can't quantify. Like, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. And you see... Let's talk. I mean, we talk about them all the time, but like, why do certain players not perform well with the Yankees? There's, yeah, their numbers look great. So we're going to have, they're going to be really good fit in our team. It's like, yeah, but can they handle getting booed after they go over, over eight? Right. No, those pins are yeah. heavy. Yeah. It's like, without a doubt. So like, there's other things that go into play. And I, I believe that like, there are such things as like leadoff hitters. Yeah. And I'm not talking about from a production standpoint, I'm talking about from like a mentality standpoint and as a as a human that's how i was like person like for me like i got validation i guess is the word like if i was saying lead off like even i'm not saying like oh like i was hitting nine now like i played on good teams where i hit lower in the lineup like especially for summer league but like when i even if i got moved to the two hole i felt like uh i don't feel comfortable here even like a couple times i was in the three hole and it's like i don't 
put me back at leadoff. Yeah, it just feels weird. Like I should be up first in the end. Like I mean, I talk to you about it all the time. Like if you talk about the best teams, that the best offenses in the MLB, their lineups are usually the most consistent lineups. Yeah. Where every like you don't have to check the lineup card when you come in the clubhouse. Yeah. Acuna knows he's batting leadoff. Yep. He can hit three four on that team easily, son. Yeah. Easily and be probably. Just as productive, if not more productive, it might not mess with him. But like, just the simple fact of going in the clubhouse and not having to look at the lineup, knowing that I'm gonna hit in this spot, yeah, gives the player so much confidence. Yeah, that and, and even if it's the nine hole, yeah, if you're just like, hey, I'm the nine hole hitter, like, dude, Michael Harris is a top ten center fielder coming out on these polls that are, that are yeah. coming out right now. He bats ninth for them. Yeah, he's a top ten center fielder in the in the MLB. Yeah, that's what's like. I don't think, especially once you get to the big leagues, like there's egos when you're in love. Like, of course. Like, oh, I'm not. No, there's egos at the big league level too. But yeah, it's like, and it's it's like humans are humans even there. If a guy likes to be in a certain spot, that's something that a number can't define Mm-mm. at all. It, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, like, by the numbers, if you put Acuna in the three or four hole and had guys that got on base in front of him, he could probably drive in a lot more runs. Yeah. Like, by the numbers. Yeah. Like, he's probably more productive for that team in that spot, but he sets the tone for them. Yeah. Offensively. So, he, he's he's got uber production out of the leadoff spot, probably the most productive leadoff hitter in the game. Yeah. 100%. But it's like, he's not your prototypical leadoff hitter, but, like, he'll swing at the first pitch. Yeah. He, he's not in there to take. He's he's not the prototypical. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna get to a full count. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. other guys that are like that. Like I think DJ LeMahieu is a guy who benefits from hitting in a Leon spot. Yeah, confidence wise, at bat wise, deep in counts, taking pitches. That's he's a different type of setup hitter for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You heard Judge last night of his little benefit telling telling Boone like, oh, let's just leave it DJ Soto me. And and I think that Judge understands the importance of what we're talking about. Yes, yeah. like. A set lineup, like Atlanta Braves were the best offensive team last year. Yeah, you knew who was hitting in that lineup was almost identical. There might be like someone in your seven to nine hole that flips or flops, or like a day off for a guy, unless injury, injury, yeah, yeah stuff like. But Dodgers the same way. Yeah, you know, like the top teams, like even even Baltimore, yeah, had a lot of consistency in their lineup. Like, yeah, I just I don't think that that, and that's a that's a problem I have with analytics is because analytics will tell you. Well, this guy should hit here, and this guy should hit here. Aaron Hicks should hit the top of the lineup when these guys are pitching. Yeah, but it's like it's Aaron Hicks that, like, mentally, like a top of the lineup type of guy. Yeah, how the numbers can't tell you that exactly, and even like at any level, if you like, the numbers don't tell the whole story because I can promise you, like, there was guys where I felt locked in against, like I can see the ball perfectly, like, and I like hit a rope line drive that was caught or like lined up to the shortstop but it'd be like oh he's 0 for 3 against this guy we don't want him to hit in this situation or vice versa there's guys numbers wise where it's like I felt so uncomfortable against him and I got my barrel something and poked it through for a hit or like yeah somehow had good numbers against the guy even though I felt awful against him okay like so would the numbers say like oh he should pinch it against him and I'm like I don't want to face him because I feel awful like he's a weird angle yeah whatever it is so I don't want to stop, just stop. I just want teams to stop being so like uh, reactive to what who's pitching. Yeah. Oh, so and so's pitching. So our lineup needs to look like this. Yeah. How about just 
your lineup looks like this because you have good hitters in the spots you need them to be in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter who's pitching. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that teams will start to to make that shift. I think we're already starting to see it in terms of the player side of it as well as, you know, I think, too, what we're going to start seeing, we've talked about this, is like the Dodgers model in terms of coaching staff is like you have a hitting coach that's more like scouting reports, knowing what we're looking for, like whatever it is, and then you're going to have a swing guy. And I think more teams are going to do that. You see that with the Dodgers. Um, you know, they have a guy who's more like getting to know each hitter, like what they need to th- like what they need to do with him daily or every week to like lock them in or like what the, each hitter is looking for and like how to keep their swing intact. And then you're going to see, you know, the guy that's like in charge of the scouting report, stuff like that. Like, I yeah. think that's important. Even like the Texas Rangers, like, you know, they have Donnie Ecker, who's their he's their bench coach. But it's like he's also a scouting report guy. He's also a swing guy. He does a little bit of everything, which is nice, which is probably why they're the best offense in the World Series. Yeah. But they also have Tim Hires, who's a very well-known hitting coach, was with the Red Sox for years, with Mookie, with JD. And it's like, so they have him to stay on top of swings and making sure guys feel good. But they also have like, and it's not, and and when you say swing guy, just so that we can like be clear on that, it's not, it's not a someone, it's not someone who thinks they know everything and is in there telling people to do this, this, and this with their swing. Yeah. You're saying swing guy, like go in there, introduce yourself, learn what the pair needs, have a relationship, and then you give them that, and your sole focus is just their swing. Yeah, it's not anything else. It's not. How the team's playing, yeah. your sole focus is can I get this guy's swing to be as efficient as possible and make him feel really confident? Yeah. Like, what are his keys to lock him in and how can I stay on top of it? And yeah. we've seen, I think we see like with the Yankees um, switch. I mean, I think he was a little bit scapegoated, but Dylan Lawson obviously got fired with the Yankees. But he was more of, you could tell, like scouting report, like staying on top of those things number wise. Like, and I think he's, well, I think the Red Sox already hired him. Like, he's a well known yeah. guy. I think it was a little bit scapegoated, but. Um, but you see, like with J. Row, James Rosen, their new hitting coach, which you obviously worked with, like he wants to make sure guys are feeling good. Like, what are their keys to lock them in, and then he's going to stay on top of that. So I'm, I'm at least as a Yankee fan, like interested to see how well he keeps guys locked in, and like how more can like they have some hitters that are really inconsistent. Like, are they going to be able to be more consistent because they have someone who's like staying on top of that, making sure they're comfortable, making sure they're confident, and like staying locked in. So like, that's what I mean by swing guy. Not yeah. That, I'm a hitting guru. Like I'm gonna be like everyone here is gonna teach. We're gonna teach everyone the same swing and like make sure. Yeah. No, it's like someone that is gonna be like more of like a mental confidence, but also like maintenance. Like stay on top of guys, make sure they feel good, and like are there and someone comfortable with being honest. Yeah. Right. Like I I think hitting coaches sometimes in affiliated ball are um, afraid. To mess a hitter up, yeah. right? Or afraid to get on a top prospect's bad side. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's a there's a fine line in between some of that stuff. I just think like honesty is always the best policy. Yeah. Hey, you suck right now. Yeah. Let's get in the video room. Let's compare when you're going good to when you're going bad. Let's figure out where you're, what frames you're missing. Yeah, and, and sort of speak or what you're doing that. Is not allowing you to be consistent. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like being honest with people and even if they feel good and you see something, yeah, you have to be honest because yeah, how can guys make adjustments if you're just 
I'm not gonna say people are yes men, but like if you're just kind of taking that route where it's like, oh, he's feeling good, so I don't want to mess up his. Yeah. No, like be like we're all adults here. Yeah. And if you're coming to me with something that you see in my swing, if I'm if I'm a good pro, yeah, I should be receptive to that. Not oh get get out of here, man. I don't need. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it should be that way. I think it should pros are receptive. But, like, if you're coming genuine and with honesty, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's kind of what we talked about in the last episode is, or technically our first episode, is um, most big leaguers, like, if you're in a place as an athlete where you have that base and you know, like, the keys that work for you, whether you worked on the offseason or it's always been the keys that work for you, like, you should have that base so it shouldn't be as much of, like, a, why is this guy trying to, like, help me out? Like, I don't want to hear it. But it's, like, you should be able to like know like this is what I need to work on, but I'm gonna have an open mind to like hear what that coach has to, has to say and filter it. And maybe you'll be like, yeah, I get what he's getting at, but like, no, I know that's not what I need to focus on. And it's like okay. it didn't leave more of a conversation. Yeah. At least he says like, okay, that's just what I was seeing. Like, don't even worry about it. But like, if you that's where it goes. Like, if you don't have that base and you don't know, and you're just listening to like, oh, I see this. Okay, I'm gonna change that. And that's where it goes back to the relationship. So I think you're gonna start seeing more teams like, and I think a lot are starting to get there. Like have a guy that's just there to focus on the relationship with each athlete and like being a mentor hitting coach guy that's there to make sure that they stay locked in and not and having other coaches worrying about scouting reports like pitching you know pitching plans for each day and like stuff like that um 100% and on the and on the younger side like <clears throat> if you're just getting into baseball or you've been playing for a couple of years you're 12 13 14 you're going into high school Understand that, like, if you hit with a private guy, there needs to be dialogue. Yeah. It can't just be him telling you what to do and whether it feels good, bad, or indifferent, you're just like, yeah, that feels good. Yeah. That's not helping doesn't help anyone. doesn't help anyone. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, like, tell me if this feels off. Like, tell me if this feels dumb, if this doesn't help, if you feel like that helps me because yeah. one either. you have to now you can now you know you have to figure out a different way to explain it to him yeah. or a different way to make him feel what you're trying to do but, but if you're telling him one way and it actually feels like shit to him yeah and then he's like no it feels good then you you don't spend any more time on it right yeah. you move on it's to like, right, let's move on but that's but, what it, it's like with me and my personal experience with guys like of a guy that we do around off of bp first round and they're like struggling like maybe barrel one ball in 10 12 swings and it's like all right what did you feel that round i felt good like you felt good you were one for 11 on hitting the ball off the machine you're yeah. been and missing stuff so like how does that feel good are you just saying that because you don't want me to be offended because it's like i'm more offended if you don't say something. right like 100 like you said it's like that that mindset that's why i feel like and we can kind of wrap up with this idea too like more on the younger side like in-season training is important it's like you hear all the time with like strength training like you don't want to put all this work in during the off season and then just stop. You're yeah. going to lose all the progress you made. Swing goes the same exact way. 100%. Like you need to make sure that you're maintaining your swing. And it, it might be like if you have um, if you have a personal hand guy, it might be as simple as text. I have a, at least for me, like a good relationship with a lot of my guys, especially the older guys. Like they'll text me like, hey, in this game I fell off. Or like my dad got video. Can you see what's here? And it's like. You know, for me, I well, I do in-season memberships so guys can keep coming in and working on stuff. But it's like you need to stay on top of it because whether you, like, want to or believe it, like, your swing is going to slowly deteriorate and no matter what, stay on top of it. Yeah. And especially, like, the higher up you go, the more games you play. Like, 
and the more games you play, the more tired you're going to get, the more fatigued. Like, like, like you said, it's you got to just swing, swing, swinging every day. Like, once you become a pro, swing every day, things are going to go awry, man. Yeah. It's movement. Yep. You know, you can't really like you can't be perfect all the time. I mean, no one's no one's hitting a thousand. Yeah. No one's hitting five hundred. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, obviously, swings deteriorate. Mm -hmm. And to the best in the game. Yeah. So who who do you think you are? If you don't think that you have to work in the season, you're crazy. Yeah. And that's where. Again, to kind of wrap up this point, I'm going to wrap up the episode here, is like <clears throat> your training, especially in the offseason, we're in the offseason right now, seasons are coming around the corner, like you need to be building your swing to be as consistent as possible. So you're, like I said, be boring in here. Feel like... And building a routine. Yeah, building a routine, knowing what's going to keep you intact and like maintaining it and staying on top of it in the cage so that you can go in the game and just let it eat. Like if... Again, logically speaking, if I can feel like off the machine, no matter what you throw at me, I can get my barrel to the ball, I can backspin the ball and stay in the middle of the field. One, I'm going to be like, throw whatever you want in a game. Like, once we get to a point, like, I'm going to put stuff off the machine that's harder than you're going to face in the game. So if you can feel confident to do that, now you don't have to think. Like, go in the game and be like, I put all the work in, and I'm going to just, just go out and mash. That's where, again, to wrap up where we kind of started, like, if you're just selling out where, the off season's my chance to like prove that I made gains on social media so I could post one swing that I put a number up. Yeah. And like I said, some guys will post like a PR and it's like a nice backspin ball. And I'm like, damn, you hit the ball hard. But it's like, if you're posting, like if the if the swing you post on social media is you hammering a ball straight into the ground, just so you can be like, I hit it 94. Like, well, the best, I'm going to worry about you. That's so funny. Right. So the best thing that like I've realized over just this off season work for me was, the the more and more I hit, the more and more clips you got. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the, like, to me, what I'm saying is the more and more time I put in, the more and more barrels I hit, the more and more good swings I take. And that's what it's, that's what so it's all about. How many good swings can you take? Yeah. Not how hard you can hit one ball. Yeah. Who cares? Yep. But, like, if I can backspin stuff through the middle of the field, the whole time, yeah. I don't care what the numbers say, yeah. You know what I mean? I played long enough where I know what it feels like off the bat when I hit a ball really good. Exactly. I don't need a number to tell me no, I crushed that ball. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, tracking stuff is great. Like I, I love when guys get PRs because they're like, holy crap, I can't believe. It. Yeah. But like, let it be like, okay, my first session off the rep, so no, I was, you know, consist. My average exit velo was seventy five, and you know, my max was eighty, and then you know, like. An off season later, a month later, a couple of weeks later, it's like, okay, my average exit velo went up to, I, this is my favorite thing I have as well. My guys, is like when we started, their average exit velo by the end of the off season is like three or four miles an hour above their max exit velo when they started. Yeah. And it's like, so you're consistently hitting the ball harder than your max exit velo. Right. So it's like, I would say like, take your game swings off this stuff. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to be. If you don't lay kick, lay kick in to try to put a hit a, hit a number, screaming after swings, you don't swing like that in the game. No. It doesn't, like, if that's like, I don't know, that just seems more like you trying to have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not, the, I, I don't think it's productive as far as, like, I've never seen, like, some of the swings that I've seen guys take on social media, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, you will never swing like that in the game. Yeah. Ever. Ever. There's no point of practicing that if you're not going to do that in the game. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And that's where it's like, 
if you're like, and maybe you're an athlete listening, a parent, or it's like, yeah, my son's exavial numbers aren't there. My first question would be, are they consistently hitting the ball well? Are they consistently on their barrel? Yeah. Because like, there's a lot of people in the MLB, the highest level, that are in the 99th percentile of exavilo, and they don't have a job. They're up and down in the minor leagues. Like, yeah, that's not like we said. I get results, so doesn't matter. And like you said, if we're training, Luis Arias has the slowest bat speed in the in the, <laughs> in the MLB, and he, he hit 380. Yeah. So like, you can make numbers mean whatever you want them to mean. Like you can change the narrative just by changing the way you look at the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, you can say, oh, this guy's average exit velo is this. That's why we like him. Yeah. But in that same breath, like, that guy swings and misses a lot. Yeah. So you can, you can, you can, you have a reason to like him. Yeah. And you have a reason to not like him. Yeah. In the same, by the same numbers. Yep. So you can make numbers mean whatever you want them to mean. Like, I've, oh, you, you don't, you don't hit the ball hard enough. Yeah. Well, you, I come in the next year, hit the ball harder. Oh, you're swinging and missing too much. Well, that's what happens when I'm trying to hit the ball harder. That's what happens when you're trying to hit the ball harder. Yeah. Oh, you don't hit enough home runs. What comes with home runs? If you're trying to hit them, swing and miss. Yep. Like you're going to swing so you might strike out more. Yep. Like, that's what happens. That's, that's, there's no, like, there's a reason why historically, like, power hitters have big strikeout numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a, that, that's, that's the reason because they, that some of those guys are trying to hit homers. Yeah. So they swing and miss more. And especially for younger guys, like trying to get college scholarship or trying to get coaches to look at them, like I promise you, unless I don't know, but I promise you, like a college coach wants to see how well you do in a game, how well you hit the ball in a game. Your staff can you help the team win? Can you help? Because like coaches, college coaches, especially at the higher level, but like they're trying to keep their job. They need to perform, or else they're going to get fired or have to leave. Can you help the team win? Can you help the team win? Like they don't. Can your at bats help the team win? They don't want to know that you can hit a ball hard in BP. Like, if you can hit the ball consistent BP and, you know, put on a little bit of show, that might catch the right. I'm not saying that won't. But, like, if you're hitting nukes in the game, then they see you can't even foul a ball off in the game. They're not going to yeah. want you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so that's where really, I lived. Yeah. Your career would be short lived. And, like, that's my, like, that's my philosophy is, like, it used to be, like, what was in my bio on social media. It was, like, creating swings that perform in game. Because, like, I don't care what number you put up. Like, you can... You can have like a 99 eggs of ELO, but like I want you to perform in game. I want you to be able to show a coach watching you that you can hit the ball hard, hit the ball consistently. And I got, I just for an example, like I, in the league that I play with, I got all my numbers and stuff. Yeah. I got exit velos and things of that nature. Like I didn't hit a ball over 96 yesterday. Yeah. I have a bunch of uh, balls in play in my season that hit over 100. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't not swinging hard here. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. Diff- cage in the game is different. Adrenaline going, yeah. competitive is different. Yeah. That's why it's like, if you can be boring, if you can be as short and controlled as possible in here, everything gets bigger and everything game. gets long. Yeah. You're going to get longer with adrenaline. You're going to get like a little more jumpy. Like if we can train to be so controlled, consistent, and that makes like boring backspin balls and BP, go in the game and ball out. I always say exactly. pros do it slow. Yeah. Pros do it slow is like the the biggest thing that I've held told younger kids is because everybody wants to move fast and hit the ball hard and they think moving fast and hitting it hard goes together and it's like pros do it slow yeah uh, you don't see Bryce Harper loading super fast to get his ball bat in the zone like 
everything's slow and under and and then under control. Yeah, and you typically see that with pro guys. Like as their career goes on, they're usually slower and controlled and like not as they go, they get slower and slower and slower. Yep, hundred percent. Where Donaldson was like, I, when I was watching Manny Ramirez hit, like he was sleeping in the box. Yeah. Because he knows he needs to be slow. Slow and early. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's good stuff, though. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we'll wrap up today's episode. Um, like I said, this is episode three. So if you don't already, um, please like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on YouTube. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts. We'll be on Spotify soon. Um, I'll have the social media handles for us in the bio. Um, but um, thank you guys for watching, for listening, and share this with someone that needs to hear it because I think this is an important topic that um, parents and kids can get really bought into one thing. But like at the end of the day, like let's perform in game and like get our best wins off. Coaches too. Coaches too. Coaches need a list too. Yep. Let's stop just posting ground balls. Yeah. At the end of the night, just leave them. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, all right. Thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, helping out today, and uh, see you guys on the next episode. Yes, sir.